Good morning, Heart and Soul. And thank you for being here in person with us, and thank you for tuning in. So very grateful that we're still together, or that some of y'all who are new have joined us, however you found out about us. I am just grateful for this moment in time in, and whatever it represents that your first time with us, your millionth time, whatever it represents, I'm grateful for this moment. Y'all know because you heard the announcement that in 10 days, we begin our 2022 summer school. And it is entitled Summer of Shift. Now, it's not because we don't know that we have had two and a half years, almost three years of shift and lifetimes of shift. It's simply that we are dedicating this summer school to our conscious and intentional awareness of shift and how to be in it. So I invite you to join us. You got 10 days to get yourself ready, whatever that means, to shift your calendar, shift your schedule, get whatever it is set up, call the people you want to do it with. It's virtual. So y'all could set up little pods at home even, however you want it to work it. All I suggest is that get there. Be a part of what's happening because it will make a difference. That much I know for sure. This is an adventure in faith, and there really is something about us doing it together, us having an intention, a plan, laying the groundwork consciously and intentionally. And so that's what's up. Yes? So my prayer is that you will be a part of it, and even if you can't, that you'll tell other folks that you know can benefit from it. Now, I'm not encouraging you to do that thing where you miss it yourself because you're so busy telling people about it. <laughs> this ain't that. I know often there'll be a message, and you have a list of people who need to get the message, but you have missed the message by writing their phone numbers down and all the notes that you're going to give them. And so this is about you being engaged and in the process inviting others to join you in it. I hope that makes sense because our intention is to make a difference. I'm going to start, given my intention for us to make a difference, I'm going to begin with Revelations 21 and 1. And I saw new heavens and a new earth. I have to pause there and just take that part in right there. You know, I mean, there's, we're going to work on the rest of it as well. But just this intention that we're, in seeing this moment, John is recognizing that there is something more than what exists. So in each and every life, we have what is. We got the... You know, if you got the message, often it's been transcribed, probably incorrectly, but you have some, you got receipts, you think. I just want to pause and say, but what does that get you? When you could see a new heaven and a new earth. So I know some stuff has happened, but is it more beneficial to you to hark on that than to call forth a new heaven and a new earth. Y'all just happen to be present. I'm talking to me. 
Y'all are just tuned in, and I'm grateful. But right now, it's, I'm inviting us to sense and to visualize something more than the current mess, than the current situation. So it's okay to tune in. Just don't tune out from the new possibility, the new heaven, the new idea, which creates the new earth. Y'all already knew that part. But I just wanted to make sure that I said it. This notion of the new heaven is the new idea, the new thought. Because there really is an old thought. And we know what the old thought is because it has a matching condition and experience. So we're talking about mental equivalency. We're talking about mental, emotional, spiritual equivalency that manifests as physical equivalent as an experience, as a thing, as the receipts you think you have. But we're beginning with this notion of a new heaven and a new earth. A new idea and a new manifestation that matches the new idea. The new intention and a demonstration that matches the new intention. I know, I hear somebody saying, yeah, but Rev, how are we going to get there? How all that going to happen? And the idea I have is that, and I shared this with you last week, in fact, that Charles Hanel says that the world without is a reflection of the world within. How are you going to get there? From the inside out. That's how, the same way it all happens all the time. But sometimes we miss that. Why? Because our focus is on the external. And as long as you're focused on the external, you might miss the whole thing that's going on on the inside. All of those thoughts. And more importantly, you will miss the connection between the thinking, the thoughts, the feelings, and what you're experiencing. It's very easy to do. I ain't mad at you. I just need you to be about the summer shift. I just need you to consider that there's another way to be in the world other than reacting to whatever has happened. Because whatever has happened is the old news. It was preceded by some thoughts and some feelings. And it's easy to miss it, but that's why I'm calling your attention to it. Yes? That's exactly why I'm calling your attention to it. Here's an idea that in Centers for Spiritual Living and Heart and Soul is a founding affiliate to Centers for Spiritual Living. And in Centers for Spiritual Living, we have a Ernest Holmes wrote, I believe in like 1927 in response to what do you believe? What do y'all believe over there with what you're doing? And he wrote it as what I believe. And he said that, and I'm just going to give you this one excerpt. I believe the universal spirit, which is God, operates through a universal mind, which is the law of God. And that, now, so, <laughs> look at here. It's not just that I believe that there is a law of God, but I also believe, and not but, I also believe that I am surrounded by this creative mind. So it's like there's a 
There's not a spot. There's not a direction in which I can turn. There's no place I can go where I am not surrounded by the creative mind. Now, he didn't say this part, but if you don't know you're there, you're not using it. If you don't believe it, you're not engaging it. If you're not attuned to it, your life to you, the way you see your life, this has nothing to do with you. So today I'm just going to invite you to suspend the idea that this doesn't have anything to do with you. That you're not surrounded by the creative mind. What? The mind that receives the direct impress. Not because I said it. It's not, that's not how you're benefited. Well, kind of, sort of, but that's not what we're talking about here. And it's not because the lyrics of the song touch you in such a way that you know your life is transformed just in the singing of it, in the getting of it. It ain't that. It's the direct impress of your thought. The direct impress of my thought. <laughs> now, in my mind, I feel like somebody wants to get up and run home right now because they know they got thinking to do. They know there's some thoughts to clean up and there's some new thoughts to think. If you're really getting this, you know you got work to do. You can't afford to miss the summer shift. You really can't because why? We now understand and are accepting and knowing that it receives the direct impress of our thought. See, some of y'all know the rest, but I'm pausing. Because I need that part to just sink in. And then once it receives the direct impress of your thought, and it does, it acts upon it. <laughs> you better duck. Yes. You better get out of the way because, you know, you done thunk some stuff. You know, that's why sometimes folks, and they like, oh, 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 oh you know, because they have a sense of the way this works. They know that they've been thinking some stuff that they're not really willing to have manifest and demonstrate. So they know they're taking a chance in the moment by thinking that. The direct impress of my thought and acts upon it. There's a part of me that just says, so we just, that's all we're going to do. We just go sit here and clean up our thoughts. That's what we're going to do with the rest of the time we've allocated, is we're going to do some thought cleaning. <sighs> Look at here. Corbin Henry says, we live in a universe that responds to what we believe. I know that's redundant to what I already said, but I want you to know that the world understands this, that there are many teachers, there are many manifestors who understand this. We've all heard it said that ignorance of the law is no excuse. It applies here. It applies here just because you don't know how life gets to be the way it is does not change the fact that life is going to be the way it is based on the mental, emotional, spiritual equivalency of whatever it is you're up to. 
<laughs> whatever it is we're up to, Lord. So look, the universe, this is happening all the time, not just when we come to ourselves. This is the thing that can wear us out. Because of course, when we're conscious, when you, watch this, when you're in the class and you've done the homework and the instructor, the TA inquires of you around the homework. Then I got it. But how about on, in traffic? How about on public transport? How about standing in line at the grocery store? <laughs> yep. How about with your sweetie when you're not feeling sweet about him? A her, a them. It's happening all the time. See, it's not just responding to the impress of our thought when we didn't thunk a good thought. And we like ready for that thought to be replicated. It's all the time. The aside thought. I know I've said years before when, when, when I first came to this teaching that I started paying attention to my self-talk. And I was not aware that I talked to me in ways that I would not speak to another human anywhere. That something would happen. I could, it could be as simple as stub my toe and I'd call myself some name. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd, work, I'd take me out back. <laughs> Just send me out to get a switch. Because I'm going to work on you a little while for messing that up. For not, mm, I forgot to call back. I paid something late. I mm, go get to switch. In a you know, in a metaphorical way, but I realized when I started paying attention, how poorly I treated me. But that also answered the question because my prayers were not in alignment with my thinking. In my prayerful moments, I had a sense of whose I am. In my living, I had less of a conscious, consistent awareness of that truth. Is that making sense? Because it's important for us to know that absolutely everything we experience is in response to what we think, what we feel, and what we believe. And that's always going on. Now, I know sometimes we think we can have one of those. Well, I thought it. I've been thinking it. And, and sometimes, you know, we try to, to, to pull seniority. I've been studying that since the 70s. But, like, if you have to tell people. I'm like, if they can't, you know, if they're in your presence and they can't tell you've been a student of this and a practitioner, see, if you're a student, you'd be a practitioner. I don't mean licensed in a professional way, but you'd be practicing it. So I'm not even going to do the arithmetic from the 70s till now, but whatever it is, it's a lot of practice. They couldn't miss it. Nobody could be in your presence and miss that. You know, I've said to you all as heart and soulers, don't tell nobody you're from heart and soul. Let them guess. 
you know, and I don't, I don't mean any harm, but can y'all see the, can you, can you see the key in that? That if they, that, you, you know, heart is, heart, soul and heart, heart and soul, what center of, and then you just blush. That's us. But when you tell them and they go, you do. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's an opportunity to, to shift our responses, to shift our thinking, to shift our feelings, to shift our beliefs. Because it's required. We got to do it. And when we miss this, we, we end up calling it a coincidence. We do all the things that, that don't have anything to do with it. But here's, here's the thing that I think is of the utmost importance, is to listen. Do. So I want to just pull over, and I'm not going to park, but I'm going to pull over. Because I want to make sure that we get that this notion of if I can hear from you, has more to do with our listening than the communication from the divine. It's creative law. It's forever vibrating and being and communicating. The key will be if I will hear it. If I can hear, if I am willing to listen, to your guidance, then I'll know what to do. I won't walk alone. I'll never go on my own. You know, a lot of us during shelter in place and just trying to keep ourselves safe have felt so alone. And Aloneness can sometimes lead to or trigger sense of abandonment. But I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And that's not like a one event. That's not just John's experience and then that's over. That it's up to us, that it's instructional. That it's an opportunity for each of us to, to practice seeing a new heaven, a new ideal, a new possibility. Thus, creating what's required for a new earth, for the new demonstration, the manifested, the demonstrated. <clears throat> Pardon me. That I'm reminded that Eckhart Tolle says you attract and manifest whatever corresponds to your inner state. Dang. Because we kind of wish we could just say stuff. You know, like affirm I won the lotto. And then just go to the mailbox, not even buy the ticket. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it real. Because we'd be wishing for the, for the lottery level winning with no ticket. Meaning we're not even 
name in the game. But you attract and manifest whatever corresponds. And what is this correspond that he's talking about? It's the mental equivalency. Whatever you are, the mental, emotional, and spiritual equivalency, that's, what you, that's what's coming your way. Rev, does it have to? Sometimes, I have to admit, we're in so deep, we don't even notice the difference. Because it's just my life. You know the people in your life who, they like, you always get good stuff. Don't nothing ever come to me. Anytime I park, no, I can't park there. I can't, whatever it is, there's a mental, emotional, and spiritual equivalency to the idea, to the fear, to the worry, to the doubt, to the pain, to the suffering. This is, this is my message for me. And it's for such a time as this when so many of us are so afraid. And I don't mean any offense, but sometimes I just have to say we're so afraid of nothing. We made up some stuff to be afraid of. And I truly don't mean any offense in this because I know there are things that folks are going through. There are diagnoses and prognoses and there are situations and circumstances. And in the midst of that, we're doing a fair amount of making stuff up. We're doing a fair amount of being afraid of stuff that the likelihood of that thing. Or even if it's likely or possible, it ain't right now. It hasn't happened at the present time. It's not relevant to the present moment is what I'm trying to say. You all out in imaginary land imagining stuff you don't want. When the entry level, the foundational learning is, don't do that. <laughs> it's use that power, that creative power, your imagination. The, the, it, when you, if you go dip into the field of infinite possibility, pick something you want, <laughs> friend. You know, out of all of the everything that's available in the infinite field. Choose something you really want to have. Not the thing that's going to keep you crying all night and in the morning. I'm saying we have more options for how we use our time, our energy, our focus, our intention, our stuff that makes us the individuals we are. We are one, and we have individual choice. And that's kind of what gets us in trouble, because can't nobody tell us nothing sometimes. I'm not doing my stuff. I got this. You know, our, we're still celebrating the newest justice to the Supreme Court just for can I just say in my life for, I can't even name or number the reasons that I am celebrating that. I am just, I would have been celebrating it no matter what because it is, it, 
it's a historical shift. And for such a time as this, Lord, thank you. Can I just say, some adult in the room, but now I've gone too far. The reason I, 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 I lifted up Judge Justice Katanji Brown Jackson is because of the quote that where she says, I have dedicated. She says, I've dedicated my career to ensuring that the words engraved on the front of the Supreme Court building, equal justice under law, are a reality and not just an ideal. So that whole thing is important and empowering, but I need to I need to pull over and just be on the dedicated part. Because what's she talking about? She's, see, she's not saying like I read that and thought, ooh, that's good. She said, I dedicated my career. And it's a heck of a career. Of a career. Research that. Because you can't just look at the rest of the Supreme Court and just guess what kind of career she must have. You, you, you need to know that she has smoked them. So when, when she talks about dedicated my career, I mean, she's talking about something. For real, for real. But what's this notion of I have dedicated? It's not that I sometimes gave attention to it. I sometimes, on occasion, I used to. I used to think about it. It's none of that. This notion of dedicated is a focus. It's a mental equivalent. See, there are a lot of different ways. The world doesn't always call it a mental equivalent. They have a variety of language that can be used, but when you think about it and translate it, you know that that's what she's saying. She's saying that I developed a mental, emotional, and spiritual equivalency to this notion of equal justice under law. An anomaly in the United States of America. Even in the ununited states. I'm just saying, I know I'm now off topic entirely, but I just, I'm just saying that everything, you know, just because you call it a thing, don't mean it's looking like the thing it's claiming to be. So we got work to do. And part of it is she's modeling something here. See, sometimes when we say we got work to do, that's all, we, that's all the work we're doing on that. We just, you know, I told you I got work to do. Now I'm kind of, I didn't check that off. But this ain't that. This is an opportunity for us to look at what am I dedicated to? What if I dedicated my energy, my time, my attention? You want a hint? Check your credit card statement. Check your little checkbook register. I don't know. Check your browsing history. Oh, I'm going too far now. I know. I'm just saying that there's some hints. There's some hints in the universe. Yeah, I bet your little browsing history will reveal to you what you dedicated to. 
somebody wants to leave and go clear that. <laughs> Somebody's like, that ain't no problem. As soon as I get it cleared, I'm going to say. And, and that's the beauty of the universe is you can come to yourself, come to an awareness in a prodigal son and daughter kind of way and shift. And shift. Be like, well, I'm just going to look because Rev said something and I just want to see if it's what I think it is. And then look and go, this is the last time I'm going to see this. That, I'm not saying that won't none of that be there but it will no longer be what I'm dedicated to. You see, you, you get to take dominion. You can stand in an awareness of how it is right now and go, that was then, but this is now. And I'm choosing something else. I am shifting because now I have an awareness. So I have dedicated my life. I'm dedicating my summer. I'm dedicating this month. I'm dedicating, you know, start with the week. Come on, baby. <laughs> Dedicate the week to a clear awareness of what really matters. Okay, a day. Just your waking day. Don't even go for the 24. I'm, I'm just wanting the bite-sized pieces, baby, whatever it takes. You don't, a day, you don't have to commit to the 24, just your waking hours. Those of which you're aware. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we're going to doze off during the day. And I don't mean sleep. We just go doze off and be unaware. And no change can happen while you're unaware. But the moment you come to, uh-oh, see, now I'm back on, I'm going back on rote. I'm saying the stuff I used to say. I'm doing the stuff I used to do that I said I wouldn't go do no more. I told y'all I was fasting and realized I had something in my mouth. <laughs> was chewing. And I thought, oh, Lord. So, you know, this is not a mountaintop teaching. I'm talking to y'all about what I know. So whenever it was that nobody like dropped food in my mouth, I'm not, not a baby chick. In every way. <laughs> so, but I was totally asleep, if you will, when I got that and when I, I was chewing it. When I came to myself and realized that I had now broken the fast. Nothing to do but start again. You know? So no, don't take you out back and beat you up and swear and now it's not worth it to ever do this again. You just now have another level of awareness. And that level of awareness makes the difference, yes? Yes. So we're going to be looking at what are we dedicated to? Because for Centers for Spiritual Living, our global vision includes these words. We envision a world that works for everyone and for all of creation. What are we dedicated to, though? 
we envision that. Are we dedicated to it? Because if we're dedicated, it means we're probably doing something every day towards that. I mean, my sense is to a person, we're like, yes. And then that's pretty much our investment in it. But we could change that and do something. There's a word of prayer. There's, there's an affirmation. There's a contribution. There's a something that you can be dedicated to contributing every day. And for some throughout the day to ensure as your investment in this outcome. Yes. <laughs> During my, no, I'm not doing that. So look. One of the shows that I just love is Skip Gates has Finding Your Roots. I love that show. I love that show. So if you don't know the show, it's on PBS. And um, Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. Um, takes folks on an ancestral journey. So they have utilized the analysis and the DNA work, they have, they pulled out all the stops to get the information. And what I love most about it is that in it, during the show, there's a point at which very often, not always, that they debunk some long held belief. Spoiler alert, Gail King was um, one of the was a guest, and so she, or a participant, I guess, in this sense, and so he was going over her ancestry, and there was a moment when we're looking at kind of the circle graph, not kind of, the circle graph of her ancestry, and it turns out that she is one-third Caucasian, European ancestry. Well, that was a shock to her and probably everybody else that wasn't related to her and understood, but she didn't even have that historical data. And so it's interesting to watch people, you know, because they're just in there, because I thought I was in, uh, 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 you, you know, you, you just get a moment of, what does that mean? <laughs> but there's something about, also I love it, when the work reveals how families and lives got to be that way. Because especially for black folks, that it's, it's really amazing when, when, because they have, they pull out all the stops in terms of the ancestry game. It's, it's so, it's pretty amazing when they can go back beyond the beginning of slavery. I think it was Sterling K, uh, spoiler alert, Sterling K. Brown, there was an ancestor where the, uh, where the uh, slave log for the slave owner uh, had those he had enslaved, and it was from where? And in most cases, it's some other state. In this case, it's at Africa. And uh, Skip Gates was saying that it is so unusual you, you, we, they, when they do this, because there weren't the kind of records, and they had to do some special. So what I'm trying to say is this, this notion of, of finding our DNA 
and I want to take you to another place. I think for those of us who are interested, we can do, you know, whatever it is we want to do about our family ancestry. But this notion of oneness. See, this notion of oneness. takes us to this scripture. Let me, let me try it this way. Let me just try it this way and see if this works for us. In Matthew 23 and 9, and don't, this is where the master teacher, Yeshua, is, is telling folks that, that the Pharisees uh, and the, the teachers are, that they are teaching the truth. They're just not living it. Because you understand that they were teaching from the word. So it's like, oh, the word is true. So it reminds me when I read that, it's like reading the Declaration of Principles. I, sorry, the, uh, help me. De- Declaration of Independence, thank you. It's like reading the Declaration of Independence where you absolutely know that that's true but it's not being lived. It's not being enforced. So likewise here, so he says, don't call anyone on earth father because you only have one father in heaven. So this is my saying that looking at our roots, it's oneness. It's the divine. It's the creative principle. And that when stuff comes up, that's where to go. You see, this notion of Calling others father is where you will go for your help. But right now, I'm saying you got to go to the center of all of it. Whitney Houston said, go to the rock. I'm going to ask you to just prepare yourselves for our closing prayer. So I know for some that would mean being in a certain position, seated upright or standing or sitting or maybe lying down. Who knows what all it, most of all, it is in consciousness. It is shifting one's awareness within. It is a willingness to know the knower. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Speak to my heart. This is the moment where we literally go to the rock. Where we bring to mind whatever it is that we are willing to have shift from it being a problem, the challenge to moving to a place of acknowledgement and acceptance. And for the advanced student, gratitude. Not rushing to it, but just being willing to know that whatever it is I bring to the altar, that I bring to the rock, whatever that is, that there is something within it for which I can be grateful. And so I 
speak this word now from a vantage point of knowing that there is one life. (laughs) And I'm living it. It's the life of the living one. It is living me. And this is true for all of us, that we are living the life of the living one, even as the living one is living us. That we are breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one, even as the living one, the strong one, is breathing us. We don't have to know how that works or when it's happening or if we can stop it or how it started. All I am declaring right now is that it is so and I'm grateful. And that shifts it right there. My conscious awareness of the power and presence of the divine and my gratitude for it shifts it. And so I know and I know that I know in alignment with Ernest Holmes knowing as he wrote what I believe. I declare that I too believe that the universal spirit, which is God, which is the living one, the strong one, operates through universal mind, the mind of all, everywhere, always present. And I know this to be the law of God, the living one, the strong one, the law of love. And I know that I'm surrounded by this creative mind, the law of love, that I'm immersed in it. That there's not a spot where love is not. That there's not a spot where God is not. That I am wholly and completely immersed in the all good God stuff. That I know now is love. Is creative mind. Oh, and I'm grateful. I am grateful for knowing that this creative mind receives the direct impress of my thought. And then it acts upon it. It brings it into fruition, into demonstration, into manifestation, into my awareness, into my good expressed. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks because... Even if this is all that I know, all that I'm holding in my heart of hearts, holding on the back of my throat and on the tip of my tongue, even if this is it, this is enough. This is enough to transform my life experience because I'm shifting my awareness. And when my awareness shifts, my life shifts. Change your thinking, change your life is the the motto that is true for anyone and everyone who is willing to dedicate their time and attention to changing thinking and thus transforming life. Oh, I just give thanks. It is an absolute perfect gratitude for the way that all of this has come together, for the existence and operation of Heart and Soul Center of Light, and for all of those who make it operational, who bring it in a way that we share this truth, that we empower folks to transform their own lives. 
their own living in absolute perfect gratitude. Just wrapping my heart and my mind in thanksgiving and divine appreciation. I release this word. And in releasing it, I am literally turbocharging it into the perfect activity of law. And this law, the same law that I know is love. The love of God, the love of the living one, the strong one, the love, love, love. And I simply let it be. Sealing this, I simply say, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters.